the Milwaukee Bucks have completed what is so far in this young NBA season the largest comeback in, of the NBA. After being down by as many as 26 points, the Milwaukee Bucks came back and defeated the Portland Trail Blazers 108 to 102. Damian Lillard scored 31 points against his former team. Meanwhile, Giannis Antetokounmpo had a smooth 33 points and 16 boards for the double double. On today's episode, we're going to discuss what the Bucks did a little bit differently down the stretch there to pull out this win. Also take a look at how additional injuries to the Bucks' wing rotation has affected the other rotations for the team and discuss some interesting post-game comments from Giannis himself. All that and more coming up on today's episode of Locked on Bucks. You are Locked on Bucks, your daily Milwaukee Bucks podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. You are Locked On Bucks, and I'm Camille Davis. In addition to this podcast here, you can catch me weekly on the Technical File Podcast, as well as Cheesehead TV's Carry the G and MKE. Uh, joining me this evening is not Frank Madden, but rather the other co-host of Locked On Bucks, Justin Garcia, the voice of the Bucks Radio Network. We truly appreciate you tuning in and thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. So go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. As I mentioned, the Bucs completed the largest comeback so far of this NBA season, and they appeared to wake up in the second half, but more specifically, in that fourth quarter, the Portland Trail Blazers only scored 34 points in the second half after scoring 37 points in the second quarter alone. So, Justin, from your viewpoint, what did you see that the Bucks did differently to be able to win this game in the fourth? Uh, well, I mean, part of it was when you looked at the Blazers shooting numbers through the first half, um, we kind of joked about it in the radio broadcast. So like, I, I promise you, this is a bad offensive team. And the Blazers entered 30th in three-point shooting and I think 30th in offensive efficiency too. What the Bucks were doing was the turnovers. It was just allowing the Blazers to play uh, in transition a lot more. And I think you, you just kind of mentioned if if we can cut down on the turnovers – that should turn things around for the Bucs in the second half. And that's what we saw, that the Blazers had to play in the half court more. That's where the offense just started to fall apart. And uh, I think they went three of 15 on threes in the second half after they were, what, 60% in the first half. So uh, the Bucs just stopped shooting themselves in the foot, basically, for those final 24 minutes. Absolutely. And to your point about Portland shooting, cooling down, you were right. I definitely had pulled the stats as well about Portland just being a terrible shooting team for them to shoot almost 60% from three in the first half and then flip that around and shoot only 20% from three in the second half. It was just one of those where you're like, okay, I see the shooting regression coming into place here during this particular game. And like you mentioned, turnovers were a huge part of it. Uh, in the first half alone, the Bucks gave up 20 points on 10 turnovers. They still turned the ball over seven additional times in the second half, but Portland was only able to capitalize with seven additional points off of those turnovers. And on the flip side of that, uh, the Bucks were able to also score a bit on Portland turnovers more in the second half as well. Uh, they scored nine points off of nine Portland turnovers in the first half, but in the second half, they scored 14 points off of 11 turnovers in the second half. 
So the Bucks didn't win, you know, that points off of turnovers battle, but they brought it a lot closer in that second half than it was in the first. And something else that stood out to me uh, when watching this game was just the bench production. Throughout the first half, it was like, okay, Portland's bench is here and they're showing up. I mean, Scoot, who we haven't seen much of the month of November because of his ankle injury, he came in and hit three threes just like off top. And you're like, wow, okay, yeah. off the bench. Okay, that's a quick nine. Uh, Portland's bench scored 21 points in the first half, and the Bucks only had five bench points in the first half. In the second half, that flipped a little bit as well with Portland's bench only scoring an additional four points and finishing with 25 while the Bucks bench scored 15 in that second half and finished with 20. And a big part of that was Bobby Portis and how he was able to find some energy in that second in that second half, in particular that fourth quarter. Um, nothing was really falling for him. And I saw in his postgame comments, he mentioned that as well. Like, hey, it just wasn't working for me. And all I knew I could do was bring some energy. And that's what I tried to do. And the energy that Bobby was able to provide, uh, I think it did the Bucks a lot of good. Yeah, Adrian Griffin talked about it after the game, too, in that he he just brings this energy that's contagious, not only with his teammates, but especially when we're at home with the crowd, that that was a big part of it in the third quarter because it was quiet. And, and, you know, fans didn't really have a whole lot of reason to cheer throughout that game throughout the first half, but it was very, very quiet all the way until late in the third quarter. Um, it was really when the Bucks went on that run to make it, uh, what, 11, where Bobby missed the dunk that would have made it a nine-point game and, and gotten it to single digits for the first time in a half, um, that that was when that crowd started to creep into it and get in the sense of, okay, are we getting back into this? And and maybe we'll see a different version of the Bucks. Uh, Bobby Portis was a big part of it. The eight rebounds that he had, too, six were on the offensive glass. So that's one area. I know the Bucks have had the fortune of playing a lot of teams recently, that aren't great rebounding teams, but it's it's been impressive what they've done recently. And that was one of the big things we pointed to early was transition is killing the Bucks on both ends, and they've been terrible rebounding the basketball. I don't care who it is they're doing it against as long as we just see the rebounding start to turn around. And it, it somewhat has for the last week. Absolutely. And seeing Giannis have 16 boards in this game was also really encouraging. I know a few weeks ago he had the game where he only had one defensive rebound, and we're like, this – this is not a sustainable formula for the Bucks to win if Giannis is pulling down single-digit rebounds for this team. And seeing him come through with 16 monster boards, and I mean, I think I believe he had six offensive rebounds just on his own, not even including the defensive rebounds, but just getting those second-chance opportunity points for the Bucks were super important as well. And like I mentioned, it was a big game from Giannis. He seemed like just a steady scoring presence throughout the game. Damian Lillard finished the game. Uh, with the stat line, when you look at the raw point scored and you're like, okay, Dame dropped another 30 tonight, uh, but it wasn't done in an efficiently manner. And seeing Giannis kind of just carry the load for the team throughout the game consistently just continues building on what we've been seeing, which is like we're seeing that Giannis is getting his legs underneath him. Um, and it's really exciting to see him rounding into form after an offseason where he also had um, a minor procedure and took a little bit getting you know used to how things are operating. There's still some clunky things, but uh, Giannis being able to come out in such a dominant fashion against this team while the rest of the team was really searching for something, um, I think was also a very important part for the Bucks win today. Yeah, and it, it was kind of like not quite to the levels of it, but shades of that game, what, two years ago against the Blazers where I think he finished like 18 of 21 and had 40 points, and that was the game where 
it looked like he tweaked his knee in warmups and you wondered if he would even play. Um, it, it was just a reminder of, man, there are so few guys in this league that you would look at to say these are, are guys that would slow down Giannis. Um, and he's been on this tear lately, too, where the efficiency has certainly been on the rise for him. I think it's everything you pointed to that he's getting his legs under him. I think part of it, too, is just it's not 100% there yet, but more of that developing chemistry between he and Damian Lillard and seeing the space that the two create for one another. And it's beautiful to see that space. And coming into this game with Chris Middleton suffering an Achilles, you know, tightness injury against the Celtics, I was really curious to see what the lineups might look like today, knowing that they're now down two wing, you know, key rotation guys with Jay out already and then losing Chris. So I would love to get some of your opinions about how the rotation was looking uh, here tonight against the Trailblazers, because it was a little interesting to me how much time some of our young bucks got. But first, I would just love to talk about prize picks. I am a big prize picks player. I absolutely love playing prize picks. It's no wonder it is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS because it's just you against the numbers. You don't have to worry about battling against thousands of other players and pros and sharks and all of that. You just pick more than or less than on two to six different player stat projections. And then you watch all of those winnings roll in. And I've mentioned it before. When I win, I like my money quick. And that's something else that I love about prize picks. You get quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. And that's another reason why prize picks is number one. In addition to that, prize picks offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. So each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. So Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You got to love that. You got to love that. In addition to prize picks, I just want to take this moment and say thank you to everybody who's tuning in. Thank you to all of the everydayers who continue to head to lock on bucks and make us one of the top, you know, rated bucks podcasts in the world, not just the United States, the world. <laughs> but in addition to that, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you with 24-7 coverage of the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Now, it appears I lost Justin here for a second, but that's all right. I'm just going to continue to rock a little bit while we wait for him to return. Uh, because as I mentioned ahead of that break, the Bucks were already without Jay Crowder. And we talked about how important of a role that Jay Crowder has played on this Bucks team so far in this young season. Jay Crowder is somebody whose numbers on their own don't stand out too much. Uh, but when you talk about Chris Middleton, we all have had conversations. We're all aware of the importance that Chris Middleton has with this Bucks team. And after playing his season high, you know, prior to that Celtics game, uh, we lost Chris due to Achilles tendonitis. And with Chris being out, one thing that I was thinking like, well, hey, 
we've been having conversations as well about wanting to see more Marjan Bochamp as well as more Andre Jackson Jr. in the game. I've had conversations saying that I think that Andre Jackson might be the best perimeter defender on this Milwaukee Bucks team. And just out of the curiosity of what Marjan can be, let me let me rewind that even a little bit more. When the Bucks play against these younger, more athletic teams, you can really see a difference where you're like, ah, I wish we had a little bit more of that. When you pair that in with the scheme that, you know, Griffin has been running, it makes you think that the Bucs are going to need some different types of guys at the point of attack defending. And with Chris out, I thought that with all of that being said, we would see a lot more Marjax in this game. There's no Jay. There's no Chris. So thinking about wing rotation, I'm like, okay, we must be getting ready to see a lot more minutes for these two guys tonight. And if not those two, maybe even more AJ Green minutes. But in tonight's win against the Trailblazers, Marjax only combined for 21 minutes tonight. Matter of fact, within that, you take a look at the numbers even closer. Andre Jackson Jr. started this game, 12 minutes played. Marjan Bochamp only got nine minutes in this game. That was a complete surprise to me when taking a look at this team, where they currently stand with the rotation, with the roster. And seeing those two young guys only get 21 combined minutes with the injuries that they're facing was a big shock to me. Uh, the Bucks ended the game tonight with a jumbo lineup that worked. Uh, it was Damian Lillard. It was Malik Beasley. It was Giannis Antetokounmpo. It was Bobby Portis. And it was Brooke Lopez. And with that jumbo lineup, they were able to exert their will on the boards, do what they could to, you know, keep the game close. Like I mentioned, Giannis himself had six offensive rebounds on his own, and Bobby wasn't able to contribute much to the scoreboard throughout the game. But come that fourth quarter and that second half in particular, you saw Bobby's activity with the rebounding, with the second chance opportunity, with the blocks. What the blocks like Bobby even came through with some really key and crucial blocks and those really got him fired up as well, which you love to see after you see him missing dunks like Justin mentioned earlier. Um, so it was really cool to see that work. I'm not sure with that jumbo lineup, how feasible that is going forward, uh, because one thing about Bobby that I've noticed this season as well, and you saw a lot in this game as well, when the Bucks are running like their fast breaks. When it's on Bobby to lead that fast break, things tend to get a little shaky. And just an overall observation of this Bucks team, it appears as if running the fast break is a lot more difficult for them uh, than you would imagine. Even earlier when Giannis had a pretty cool dunk on the fast break, the spacing was just so crowded. His dunk was even more impressive in part because he was able to get that off in that crowd uh, that he faced with the spacing being so tight. I mean, you also saw moments in this game where the Bucks have a three on one fast break and they barely are able to convert that. But they're able to because of offensive rebounding um, and thinking about the rotation as well. I mentioned A.J. Green. A.J. Green's not as useful of a player when he's not making threes. And over his last few, it just hasn't been dropping for him. We know, based on his performance last year, that A.J. Green has an NBA skill set, and that is shooting. He shot over 40% from three last season in his limited minutes. So far this season, A.J.'s been around that 34% mark, percent mark when it comes to three-point shooting, which isn't necessarily terrible. But when your primary skill set, is your ability to make three-pointers. When those don't fall, uh, it makes it makes the playing time a little bit more difficult. We only saw about four minutes from A.J. Green tonight, but we also saw four minutes 
from the NASA's out of the Kumpo. Like Justin mentioned, it was very sleepy in five serve today. I noticed that earlier. I've seen in the past before where these matinee games, the Bucks just don't tend to have too much energy throughout them. Sleepy start. And you pair that with the fact that this Bucks team this year has been notorious for getting off to slow starts. On a Sunday afternoon, there's no Packers playing or anything like that. The Bucks are, you know, main screen viewing for Wisconsin, for its fans. And they didn't give the team, the fans too much to cheer about until the second half, the fourth quarter in particular. So the Nassas came in in his minutes, second quarter, just trying to bring some energy to this team and didn't work at that point. But at least during the Nassas, his minutes, he wasn't a huge negative. He finished with a, a minus two on the day, which feels right. Uh, spot minutes, he did what he could do in that time to try to give that team more energy. They didn't really start clicking for them until like halfway through the third quarter. It's unfortunate that this team continues to get off to these slower starts, especially when you look at the talent that they have. And it was really interesting being able to have the time to listen to a lot of the post-game sounds. Uh, with this game being an earlier game, was able to you know spend some time taking a look through some of those post-game interviews in a time frame that generally after a game, I don't have as much time to do. And Giannis said some things that were super interesting to me about this team and their slow starts. And I want to dig a little bit more into that. But first, I want to talk a little bit more about FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot on FanDuel. And listen, if you're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, this Wisconsin area, we know it's getting cold. It was snow on the ground today, which I guess it's that time. Thanksgiving ends and here comes winter. But right now, new customers to FanDuel can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there is no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Plus, they have that parlay hub that I love so much. So make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue this NFL season off on the right foot. We know we're getting closer to that playoff push. Things are shaking up. The Packers are even in contention right now. So make sure you head over to FanDuel. Again, FanDuel.com slash locked on and continue this NFL season off on the right foot. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, Justin, welcome back. I'm so happy to see you. <laughs> Hold it, Damian Lillard. I'm just showing up for the fourth quarter of this now. <laughs> but your timing is still impeccable, just like Damian Lillard, because the thing that I wanted to talk about is in the postgame remarks, Giannis noted that the Bucks are indeed building a good habit when it comes to facing adversity. He mentioned that, you know, no matter what, he knows they have a chance to win the game. And we've seen that. He discussed how the team came back against Dallas tonight against the trailblazers and even brought up that Boston game, although they weren't able to win the process of it showed him that, Hey, we're a team that when adversity comes, we're pretty good at handling it. And I think that, you know, we're building good habits in that way. So I want to get your opinion. Do you think that their clutch time performances is a sign that the bucks are moving in the right direction? Do you see this as a positive sign in the same way that Giannis does? 
I so I do. Uh, I thought it was interesting just looking around the discourse from today and seeing a lot of different opinions on the. I'm not too encouraged by this versus hey the Bucks just just keep winning. I understand if there's frustration over the fact that the Bucks are down 26 to the uh, the Portland Trail Blazers. I understand the at this point I guess you would say concern that we're approaching 20 games and for whatever reason they've just been terrible in the first quarter but they've been great in the fourth quarter. Um and all these habits that Griff has talked about like if you're just looking for a 48 minute masterpiece, we've yet to see that from the Bucks. Right. But I think all of this is going to take time. And to me, it's the fourth quarter is the most important part. And the fact that it seems like this is a much different team than they've been in recent years is what I choose to take away from it and, and view it as a positive. I think in years past, prior to all the moves that the Bucks made, and I don't know how much of it is Adrian Griffin versus Mike Budenholzer, but just having Damian Lillard has changed things because a lot of these games, I don't think the Bucs win the last few seasons in the regular season. That You're looking at, what, instead of 12 and 5, you were maybe 10 and 7 or 9 and 8, something like that right now, where we're, we're pointing to some of these games and saying, yeah, the Bucs just dug too big of a hole. And, and basically what we saw in Boston, there'd be a lot of that. But it does feel different with how they played in the fourth quarter I know you you can't take all of that as gospel. I mean, were they fortunate to close the game with some of the lineups they did against the Wizards and the fact that the Wizards missed an open uh, not only three, but a couple of questionable plays down the stretch by Kyle Kuzma? Sure, but the fact that you won those games says something. And we've talked to a number of players this year who have all said the same thing, too, of, you know, while we're learning the new system and new terminology and new teammates, we're figuring out how to win together and, and think back to a couple of years ago when the Bucks were not in that spot that what was that the the 2021 season or the title defense season where every game was either the Bucks won by blowout or they got blown out and they were terrible in those clutch situations until really like late in the season. They've been maybe the best team in the clutch so far this season. A lot of that is Damian Lillard and a lot of that is just the repetition of having those and figuring out how to win together with this group. So I think that's going to continue to grow because as we mentioned some of the, the closing lineups we've seen. I don't anticipate what we're seeing now is, is going to be what the Bucks are going to roll with from here on out. But, you know, we continue to hear Adrian Griffin talk about what they're building and just how happy he is with what he's seeing from their growth and, and what they put in. And to me, the big thing is, He's mentioned this a number of times in that the big thing for him is things will go wrong, right? Like at this level, things don't always go your way. Sometimes things go against you. And what he's most concerned with is how do you respond after that happens? That he's he's basically said it's fine if like you let it get to you and you're emotional about something, whether it's a technical, whatever it is. You miss a couple of shots and you get in your feelings you let it get to you for a possession or two, that's fine. But after that, you got to rebound, you got to move forward, and, and we got to make those adjustments. And he has repeatedly talked about how this team has responded in those spots and how they have just moved on in the next play. And I think for the most part, you saw that today. You, you didn't see it in the first half so much when all of it started to pile up. But in that second half especially, there was a number of times when the Bucks went on that charge, and I mentioned that six-point run, where it went from potentially nine to 16 or 17, whatever it was, 
they kept responding after that. And I get it's not a great team in the Portland Trailblazers, but you have to start somewhere. And they're 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 seemingly building the foundation for it to the point that I don't really care the level of competition it's happening against. The fact that they're doing it in the most important spart most important parts to me is what stands out most. It definitely does stand out, especially when you think about how the Bucks flamed out of the playoffs last year, where you're seeing a team build up these big leads against the Miami Heat just to lose them down the stretch. And you're just like, this Miami Heat team has no quit in them. And throughout the playoffs, you saw that with that Miami Heat team, and they continued to come back, come back, come back, come back. No lead was too large. No hole was too big. They were going to put that effort in and continue to play through it. And I'm not saying that, you know, at this point, the Milwaukee Bucks are last year's Miami Heat. But I'm just saying as a Bucks fan, you saw what that looked like on the other side of things. And for the Bucks now to be one of the best teams in the clutch, I saw you also just posted um, after the game the, the post and pre-drop numbers, which I think is a fascinating way to look at the early stretch of the season. But the Bucks have been trending upwards both in their offensive rating and their defensive rating and their net rating is climbing in return because of that. And again, it hasn't been pretty. And you hear guys saying, you know, if I could, if I knew why we were starting so slow, I would fix it. We don't want to start off slow and you don't want to get into these big holes against really good competition. It takes a lot out of you. I mean, Giannis played almost 40 minutes tonight. Like it's, that's a lot of minutes on his body in a regular season game at the end of November. So you don't want to put yourself in these positions, but I think there are learning opportunities out of it. And I do think that we've seen some growth from the Bucks because like you mentioned, the discourse around this team um, today, especially after such a close game to a four win Portland team, um, it's been a lot, it's been negative and I can get why, because it's frustrating to see the team play this way. But I do think that you're seeing a team figure it out. Now, there might be questions around if all the personnel on this team as currently constructed uh, will be so come trade deadline, if this is the best collection of talent that we can have for the scheme. But right now with this team learning things, I feel like, you know, we're seeing some progress here. Yeah. And I look, it's still just what, 13 games that that sample size is. It's at least more than 10. I think anytime you want something concrete, I usually look at like 25 or 30. So for the season as a whole, we're getting close to that, but I've, I've seen a few people point out to already going to the yeah buts, and I'm not saying the Bucks, hey, everything's fixed and they're great. It's just, right. you know, it's worth noting, as we've talked about a number of times, that the offense still has a lot of room to grow, but they're top five in that stretch, and they're looking like they still have a lot of, of area to improve upon, and the fact that they've been that good while we're looking at it and saying, well, I don't think they're anywhere close to being all the way there is certainly encouraging. And the fact that the defense has been basically league average. And, you know, we talked about this a number of times already. The way this team is built, I think we assume the offense is going to be elite. So if you can have a defense that just keeps us in the game, that should be good enough. And that's what you've gotten since the Bucks went to that more traditional type of defense for Brooke Lopez and the rest of the group to allowing them to find their comforts. I've seen people point to, yeah, well, the schedule helps them out as well. Well, look, maybe offensively, sure, but seven of those games have been against teams that are in the top half of the league offensively, and I think five of them have been against teams in the top ten. So it's not as though the Bucks are ducking difficult offenses. Has the defense looked great? No, but if it's being average against the Indiana Pacers, against the Knicks who have been up there, the Mavericks, 
I'll take that. A lot of different ways to put together a championship contending team. In Milwaukee, we've been used to seeing a defensive first approach. And I think that that piece of it also is going to require uh, just some time for people to understand a different way of operating here in Milwaukee. And that's not to say the Bucks don't have anything to clean up on defense. There are still too many times where you see just defensive communication lapses. You're seeing guys pointing out who people should be switching on to and no one's rotating over. Like You're seeing the areas where they need to continue to work. But like you mentioned, I also feel like if they can have a top five, you know, seven offense and they can have an all right defense, I think they can still win a championship with that formula, especially when we look at what they do during crunch time in the fourth quarter. Because I do wonder if some of it is as well, just it's an older team for the most part, some vets. And once it's time to really lock in, they lock in. Um, you don't want to play with fate with switches and trying to turn things on and off, but um, it's just something to take a look at while we continue out throughout this season. Something else I would love for you all to continue looking out for throughout this season is Locked On Sports Today. As a reminder, Locked On launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. So make sure you go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. We're going to wrap it up here today on Locked On Bucks, but we're going to have five shows this week. We plan on having three post-game shows. So today's show uh, with the Trailblazers, as well as a follow-up on the game against the Miami Heat, the end-season tournament game, and then a post-game show after the Bucks take on the Bulls. We'll also have two additional days of content for you all, taking a look at the team a little bit closer and digging into things. The end-season tournament, semifinals, and quarterfinals is on next week. We don't even know what the schedule is <laughs> next week for some of these bus games. So it's going to be really fun to be able to dig into that a little bit more in depth and see how it looks once teams finally get to Vegas. So uh, we hope you continue tuning in to Locked On Bugs throughout the week. And for myself and for Justin, we're going to get out of here. We wish you all the best and we'll talk to you tomorrow.